Hey there, friends. Happy Monday, or whenever you're listening to this. Welcome back to this week's episode of Fit Friends Happy Hour. I'm your host, Katie, and this is episode 212. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I kind of love running. I did a poll on Instagram recently asking for questions about intuitive eating and training, all things marathon training. So today I'm going to answer some of those questions and just share a bit more about my experience with training and how it is absolutely 100% possible to train for a race and not be obsessive or in a diet mindset. Okay, on to the show. Hey, P.S. If you haven't already, be sure to check out our free, super free, super fun, super quick quiz. Just go to katiehake.com forward slash quiz. It takes you less than a minute to learn a little bit more about your eating style. When we can learn about our eating style, what that does is that can really just help you to understand, have clarity, and be able to take the next steps towards a non-diet approach. We'll put the link in the show notes. Welcome to Fit Friends Happy Hour, a podcast about all things nutrition, fitness, and life in your 20s and 30s, all from a non-diet lens. I'm your host, Katie Hake, and I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist and certified personal trainer. Join me here every week as I talk with interesting people and experts from all walks of life about their relationship with food, exercise, and their bodies. I am on a mission to help you redefine the word fit, to help you stop quantifying and start living. Learn to stop measuring your success by the scale and find your fears. I think like many people, I go through phases of running. I love it. I hate it. I'll train and then I'll be sick of it. And it really ebbs and flows. But for me, I have been running what we call road races on and off for, gosh, probably since high school now. It started with my little brother making a joke about wanting to run this local fair, fair festival, whatever it is, some sort of race. And we signed up the night before, I think it was like not even three miles. It may have been two miles. Like it was a very short race. But I remember, first of all, he was not active at all, really, but he was just able to crank it out. And I think he got first place. But I wasn't the fastest. I wasn't the slowest, but I remember crossing the finish line and just feeling this adrenaline, this accomplishment. And that was where my love for training for races specifically began. So at this point, the time of this recording of this podcast, I am training for my third marathon. Uh, It will be in Cincinnati. It's called the queen. That's a lie. It's not called the queen bee. It's called the flying pig marathon. And I was supposed to run it last year in 2020, but as you know, that did not happen. So I ran it here in Indiana on my own on these Indianapolis trails because I was still participating in order to donate uh, to charity. Uh, The first marathon that I ran was a few years ago. That was in Chicago. And I also ran for charity. So the first question that I was actually asked was, why run a marathon? Why even do it? And that's a great question. So for me personally, I think this answer is really individual. For me, I love the challenge. Usually around the fall, I like an excuse or a reason to get outside, like a little extra motivator to remind me to pull myself away from all the work and just 
get outside in nature and running is one of those things that you can do anywhere. You don't need a gym membership. You don't need fancy equipment. You need a pair of shoes, not even headphones. And that's it. Maybe some clothes. So for me, it's accessible. It's always been there. It's really easy. I don't want to say easy. Running itself is not easy, but the act of going out for a run is easy. I personally enjoy the challenge. I have run a dozen half marathons, lots of 5Ks, 10Ks, and taking that step from half marathon to full marathon, it just felt like the next challenge for me. Now, I recognize that not everybody wants to do that. I think it's crazy, but I'm very much a goal-oriented person, and I really love the process, and I love the journey, but I can definitely say it wasn't always that way. The first time I tried training for a marathon, I was definitely in the depths of my disordered eating, my over-exercising. And to be honest, the motivator motivator for me at that time to run a full marathon was weight loss. I thought if I can use training as almost this disguise to exercise more, it made sense. But what ended up happening, God bless the universe, the, the man above, is I started training for that race and I was just so burnt out. I could not do it. Thank goodness. Because if I would have pushed through, I for sure a hundred percent would have ended up with an injury. So this is really important to understand your why if you're considering, and we'll talk more tips later in this episode about, you know, what if you do want to run your first marathon, but being very clear about if it's a race, if it's a 5k, a 10k, a half, a full be clear about your why, because training for weight loss is not sustainable, right? It's just like dieting. You will get burnout. And part of the process of training for a marathon, I mean, it's 18 weeks of training. You've got to enjoy the journey. Otherwise, what's the point? The next question was, did you create your own marathon training? And yes, I did, because I could not find anything on the internet or in the books that fit my schedule, that fit my life. Now I recognize that most people listening are not personal trainers. They're not, they don't have experience doing this, so they can't just write it their own. But I personally love to lift weights and I love to run, but I can't run every single day. Now, is that the best advice? No. If I wanted to be a better, faster runner, I should probably spend the majority of my training running, but that's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I want to get nature. I want this new challenge. I want to have a purpose and enjoy that process. And for me, connecting it to donating for charity. I actually created a guide for running a half marathon and I'll put the link in the show notes for that as well. katiehake.com forward slash shop. If you use the code FFHH, that'll get you 50% off. I also highly recommend Hal Higdon. I'll put the link in the show notes as well. Um, He's got a lot of awesome training plans available. But for me, I wanted something that allowed me to have more flexibility that took into account, okay, I'm probably going out with friends on a Friday this week. So probably not going to get a long run in on Saturday because I'm going to be exhausted and maybe feeling that glass of wine or cocktail. So looking at my week and kind of taking it week by week. That's what works for me. I have a general plan, but I do fit in there when I'm going to lift, when I'm going to do other workouts. For example, today I was supposed to run, but I was really sore. So I did yoga instead. And 
It's not a big deal. It's having that flexibility, but making sure that you're still getting in those longer runs on the weekends is really important because that's closest to what you'll actually be doing on the actual day of the event. The third question is how do you shift your nutrition on days with heavy cardio? Starting out for this training plan, I actually did keep a food journal for a day. Yeah, I think I did a day just to get a better sense of, okay, how I haven't been paying close attention as intuitive eater. I mean, yes and no, but my training load starting to pick up and my hunger cues are starting to get a little out of whack. And so I wanted to really make sure that I wasn't training in a deficit. So for me, shifting nutrition on heavy cardio days might look like, you know, having shakes available as needed. So when I say shakes, I say like a protein shake or some sort of liquid nutrition that allows me to get those, you know, energy dense calories in when my hunger cues aren't necessarily there. I make sure that I drink a ton more water, electrolytes as needed because I am a heavy sweater. And I'm just really extra conscious of not skipping meals and having easy snacks available, easy energy dense snacks. So when I say energy dense, I mean things that are higher in calories. That leads me to the next question that I got asked is, how does intuitive eating look for runners? It's really common for runners to rely on structured nutrition plans because they know what works for them or I should say athletes in general, they know what works, they know what helps helps with performance. But the thing is, hunger cues aren't always reliable when training. So it takes a bit more planning, but having flexibility within that plan and taking into account things like the different types of hunger. For example, when you're out there running for 10 miles, you may not necessarily get hungry mid-run, but we're using practical hunger knowing that, okay, my body has probably burned through these glycogen stores. I'm probably going to need a source of carbohydrate, a source of quick energy at about that 60 minute mark. I'm going to need to refuel. So using that practical hunger to recognize, okay, I'm going to plan ahead because I know if I don't eat now, I'm going to hit a wall. I'm going to bonk during training or I'm going to get really fatigued later in the day or be really hungry tomorrow. So it's it's planning ahead using what we call practical hunger, kind of honoring and thinking ahead as what the future might look like if I don't eat now. Another way that intuitive eating might look like for runners is really having that food neutrality, avoiding the all or nothing mindset, not looking at foods as good versus bad, because that can really make it so much easier for somebody to eat wider variety of foods, to eat those higher calorie foods and not be fearful of weight gain, of trusting that it's okay that I'm hungry or it's okay that I'm eating more because my body needs this energy to sustain my training and to help me to perform optimally. Training also does take a little bit of a different mindset. For me, it's personally about finding that flexibility, having grace, but figuring out, okay, is this giving myself grace or am I having barriers? Am I having some sort of excuse? Because the reality is there's some days where I don't want to run and I would rather do something else or take it easier. But this is where the athlete's mindset comes in a little bit of like, you've got to have a little bit of discipline and push through that tough run. Because for me, I know that end goal is much it's more important, right? And I'm going to look back and go, oh yeah, no, that was a good thing that I pushed through that run. 
So it's finding that balance of listening to your body, but also being able to, to push yourself, to challenge yourself, right? Because for me, at least training for a marathon is not easy. It is a physical challenge. It is a mental challenge as well, but that's why I do it because it forces me to level up as a human. And the last thing about intuitive eating with runners is remember intuitive eating is not a set of rules. It's a guide. And so using that as a guide and really being intentional about your motives behind making decisions around food, behind making decisions around training. But when you're in a good place with food and exercise in your body, you absolutely can find that balance that feels right to you, that is sustainable. And the last question was just general tips for somebody who wants to run their first marathon. And I will say my number one tip is definitely check your relationship with food. Check your relationship with exercise. Have that honest conversation with yourself. Why am I doing it? Why is this important to me? Because if it's for weight loss, or if you're not quite ready to allow yourself to eat more foods or to allow yourself to eat a variety of foods, and you're not using running as this permission to eat more, right? You're you're not looking at food and exercise as this transactional relationship, then it might not be the best time for you to train for a marathon. It may end up doing more harm than good. It may end up causing more stress than not. Definitely consider working with a specialist, a registered dietitian, a sports nutritionist, sports dietitian, not a sports nutritionist. Please understand the difference. Even if you meet with somebody just once or twice, I have many athletes who I meet with just once or twice to make sure that they're eating to their needs. They just want to recognize, hey, how might my eating need to change or what things can I adjust to make it a little bit easier on my heavy training days or as my volume of training starts to increase. For me, when I told you that I first attempted to train for marathon, it was horrible. It was horrible because I still was under eating. I was getting sick all the time. It it was just a mess. And I always say to anybody who's getting ready to train, you don't have to be like that. Like go to the expert, go to somebody who's understands what they're doing so you can avoid it. So you can enjoy the process and it doesn't need to be miserable, which leads me to my last tip is give yourself that grace and the permission to course correct. Let's say you do start training, right? You start training for the marathon and then you start to realize, wow, some of those disordered thoughts around food or exercise or my body, or you just feel like it's not a good place for you, or you're starting to get injured. It's okay to say, you know what? Not this year. Or you know what? Instead of the full, I'm I'm going to do the half. It's okay. And you're not a failure or any less of a person for adjusting your goals, listening to your body and putting your health first. Hashtag Simone Biles, perfect example in the Olympics. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode. I would love to hear what you think. I would love to know if you've ever run a race positive, negative experiences that you had around food, around your body, whatever it looks like. So head on over to our Facebook page, our free community. Uh, Just search Fit Friends Happy Hour and click the link to join. I'll make sure you're not a robot. We'll get you approved. And we continue the conversation every single week. So that's it for today. Love you guys. Mean it. Have an awesome week and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Fit Friends Happy Hour. If you liked this episode, don't forget to share it with a friend. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Fit Friends Happy Hour. Talk to you next time.